What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, August 31st. I swear it is. I'm already in mid-season form in terms of making mistakes, so that's always good. I am uh, far from perfect, and apologize for uploading the wrong podcast yesterday. I fixed it, all right? I appreciate the heads up, though. Yep, yep, yep. But hey, we got more to talk about other than that. Uh, We do have some big news today, obviously, with roster cutdowns happening. You see it with the title of the podcast. You've seen it all over social media. Cam Newton, I guess a surprise cut. I I will call it a surprise cut because I didn't think he was actually going to be cut from the roster. I thought ultimately he was only going to hold on to the job for maybe about a month anyway, especially with recent developments here with Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones really surging, I couldn't resist, really surging in camp. I didn't expect him to be cut. Even as recent as yesterday, Bill Belichick said Cam Newton's heading in the right direction. I guess that means out the door for Bill. He's like, yeah, you hear what I said to the reporter? He's heading in the right direction. Get it? Anyway, um, obviously there's a ripple effect here. First and foremost, if you drafted Cam Newton, well, in a one-quarterback league, he is cuttable. If you drafted him in a two-quarterback league, I am kind of in wait-and-see mode. There is maybe, I'm thinking, one roster that he could start on. Maybe one. And it's Houston. So it's not really desirable anyway. But we know that even Cam Newton in a crappy offense, because, hey, the Patriots were not that good last year. We know they had no weapons for him. Even there, he was a mid-range quarterback, too. As bad as it was. So Cam Newton, as a starter, is a fantasy option. I just don't think he's going to be a starter. We're already hearing rumblings of Dallas. Dallas basically cut everybody behind Dak, which obviously is good news for Dak anyway. But uh, Dallas is, is in the mix. I'm sure there are plenty of teams who could potentially bring him on board as a backup. Obviously, we'll see what happens there. There are still, as I'm recording this, and I purposely waited until the afternoon to uh, release today's podcast. So see, it was a, it was good that I made the mistake yesterday, <laughs> but I waited to see if there were any other big name guys. Uh, no major big names as of this point, but you never know as we get closer to that four o'clock uh, uh, end point, who else goes. There may be some more movement here, uh, running back, wide receiver, but either way, we'll update you on the rest of that tomorrow. So Cam Newton, I guess if you're in a two-quarterback league and it's deep enough, let's just wait and see what happens, but you'll probably end up having to cut him loose. I have him in a league where I have four quarterbacks and uh, in a super flex. A little bit of a deeper league, I'll I'll end up cutting him loose. I I did also draft him in another super flex where I do need a defense, (laughs) so guess whose butt is getting cut? for a defense very likely in that league. So that's Cam. Mac Jones now is the unquestioned starter. So now three out of the five first-rounders are officially starting. Zach Wilson, that was in the bag all along. Uh, Urban Meyer tried to pull one over on us. Good, good job, Urban. Very convincing. And so Trevor Lawrence is officially in, and now Mac Jones is in as well. For Jones, is he draftable in a one-quarterback league? I don't think so. I'm ranking him at 26. So as of right now, that would put him on the outside in most 
leagues because most leagues are going to be 12 teams or 10 teams. If you're in a 14-teamer, yeah, I guess he's viable as a late-round guy. If you're in a 16-teamer, yes, he's definitely draftable. But if an, if you're in a 12-teamer, I have him behind Zach Wilson. I have him behind Daniel Jones. I have him behind Jameis Winston. I have him behind Ben Roethlisberger and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tungavailoa. And now you get the point. Now we're into the top 20. So he isn't draftable. Will he be drafted if you have a draft this weekend or maybe more than one draft? Yeah, he probably will be. And I'll tell you exactly why. I've seen this with Gus Edwards. I have seen this with James Robinson. Because a guy gets hurt, cut, some kind of big news, the immediate reaction from the fantasy playing public is that they have to get the other guy. Whoever the other guy is impacted. And I've said before, I'll say again, I am actually not drafting Gus Edwards where he's going. I talked about that on the podcast yesterday, which you may have heard today. But I'm not drafting Gus Edwards where he's going. He's now going too early. Same thing with James Robinson. Just because a guy gets hurt or cut or whatever doesn't mean you have to get the other guy. Now, that being said, in a two-quarterback super flex league, Mac Jones is your third quarterback, actually a pretty good move. He doesn't quite have the upside of the, well, the top guys. He doesn't have the upside of Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't have the upside of Fields or Lance. He doesn't have the mobility of any of those guys. doesn't even quite have the upside of Wilson. But he might have a higher floor than Wilson. I said it in the pre-draft process. Other than Lawrence, the most prepared quarterback to start on day one in this year's class was Mac Jones. Go back to the tape. I said it. So he's there. He's starting. Reasonably high floor. I would take him as my third quarterback. So that's the initial. Otherwise, hey, if you're sitting on him in Dynasty, I mean, you kind of got what you wanted. You took him in one quarterback leagues at a nice little value. You probably didn't even take him in the first round in a super flex rookie draft either. So you kind of got what you wanted. Now, Jones under center does change the composition of this offense. They are still going to be a run-heavy team. New England is going to run the football. We know that. They prioritized the run game. Even though they traded Sony Michelle away, they still went after Ramondre Stevenson, who is coming off of a very good preseason. Uh, we'll see if J.J. Taylor makes the team. If he does, you'll have James White there. You'll also have, uh, obviously, Damian Harris there. So they're still going to be run heavy. But what's interesting here is now you don't have a quarterback who's going to run the ball eight, nine, ten times a game. You have a quarterback who's not going to do that. You don't have that mobility with Mac Jones. He's the least mobile of those top five guys who were drafted this year. So, more meat on the bone for Damian Harris. So, how do we approach this for Harris? Is there any change in our approach? Is there any change in how we're ranking him? Well, I think what I'll do is I'll take a quick break and then we got to unpack him. We'll unpack uh, what to do at wide receiver and tight end as well here with this news that Cam Newton has been cut from the New England Patriots. So Cam is out, and Mac Jones is in, and the offense is going to look a little bit different because you don't have a mobile quarterback under center. So what did I do with Damian Harris? I actually didn't move him. I may have been a, a tick higher on him anyway than others heading into last weekend, and I've gotten him in, well, both major home leagues that I'm in, so quite happy about that and got him at a slight discount. I have him at RB21. That is exactly where I've had him for the last week or so, give or take, since Sony Michelle is out of there, whenever that. It feels like it happened like three years ago, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, haven't moved him. So where does that put him 
from an overall standpoint, where does what does that mean? What do we do with him? Right now, that puts him as a fifth-round grade. I think the fifth round is the perfect spot to be looking at Damian Harris. In fact, it's really where I break the seal on the RB dead zone. So the RB dead zone for me essentially starts in the second round. In most instances in the second round, I am passing on the running back because it probably took him in the first round, and I'm drafting the wide receiver in that range. The one exception is if for some reason I go Adams in the first round, which I did do in uh, the FTN Staff League draft, but went back to running back in the second round. So that's the one exception, but I don't do that very often. So the dead zone goes round two, round three, round four, sometimes into round five. Now, if you do this and you navigate these waters, you could come out of those three rounds, second, third, and fourth, with three top 12 wide receivers. And if you think it's impossible, I mean, really, it depends on where you rank somebody like Mike Evans, but I consistently see Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, possibly even Amari Cooper, guys like that. Like I'm saying he's going to be there, but possibly he'd be a guy I'd look at. I have Cooper at 14, so he's not quite top 12. But because C.D. Lamb goes a little bit earlier than I care for him, I don't, well, it's not that much earlier, I, I do see Evans or McLaurin there. So, three top 12 guys, plus then you could go back, I know people are really uncomfortable about punting that second running back spot, and go back, break the seal after the RB dead zone, and go to Damian Harris in the fifth round which is where I'm valuing him. I, I don't hate that approach at all. And if you say Damian Harris or Gus Edwards, it's Damian Harris. Gus Edwards should carry the ball a whole heck of a lot this year, but it's Damian Harris. Now, they're back-to-back in my running back rankings, but I do have five spots in between them overall. So, Harris, he certainly stands to benefit. I haven't moved my rankings. Jacoby Myers, a very similar situation where, yes, he does stand to benefit, Am I dramatically shifting rankings on Jacoby Myers? No, I'm still going to be looking at him as more of a late-round guy. Uh, I I think anytime in rounds of 10, 11, 12, something along those lines is where you can be looking at him. Now, if you look at my most recent draft board, which over at FTNFantasy.com, use the promo code RATPACK, you can still get in on all of this. My draft boards are updated as of now. I actually did that right before I clicked record on the podcast. And you will see, for example, he he comes in in the 12th round in my uh, half-point PPR. But that doesn't mean that's where I'm taking him. That's a relative grade at the position. However, if, let's say, wide receivers really dried up, it's the 10th round, you look, and Myers is one of the top guys on the board, don't hesitate to take him. You don't have to take a running back. You don't have to take Melvin Gordon if he's still on the board ahead of Jacoby Myers, even though round grade-wise, yeah, Melvin Gordon has a higher round grade, but it's relative to the position. You ultimately have to be looking at roster construction as well. So I do like him still more than Nelson Aguilar, and I have warmed up to the idea of Jonu Smith. I think you could make a case for him potentially even over Robert Tunyon. Uh, right now, I do have I have Tunyon ahead, but I think you can make a case for Smith. It's, you know... Values are relative, and you don't have to be precise about things. You know, don't follow it to the letter of the board. You know, uh, I've mentioned this already numerous times, but don't take uh, a draft board 100% literal. It's it's more of a roadmap that you can take multiple pathways through to build a very solid team 
on draft day. So, John R. Smith, interesting. I mean, Hunter Henry is still banged up. I actually don't even have him on my draft board right now. Um, and I do still have Evan Ingram on my draft board because I don't have any new uh, uh, information on him. So, late round flyer, yay. Either way, that's everything there with uh, the big names. Would I take Ramondre Stevenson as a late round flyer? Sure, but he has to be a late round flyer. I don't have major expectations for him right now, but he definitely is a handcuff. Would I take James White? No, he is a volatile PPR back. J.J. Taylor's not in the conversation. So those are all the fantasy-relevant players there. Uh, again, I'll update you as soon as we find out more about uh, anything there uh, with Cam Newton. Trey Lance, chip in his finger. I don't even know what that means. Nobody knows what it means. I guess it's a, ch- a small chip bone or something along those lines. Uh, he said he didn't even know when it happened. He thinks he jammed it on a helmet, he said. Uh, he said he's not worried about it. He'll see how it feels Monday. So that would be... Um, I, I guess a week from yesterday because he's going to miss a week and then he'll, they'll put him back out there. Does this mean he doesn't start in week one? I don't think not necessarily, but obviously it doesn't look particularly good. Does it mean that we should be dropping him for Mac Jones? No, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Trey Lance still has way more upside than Mac Jones when he's under center. Justin Fields, I, I did mention before, but he is going to run the scout team for Bears practices, which means he's not going to start in week one, but it's only a matter of time. Matt Nagy's hand is going to be forced on this one that he's going to get out there. The only other note at quarterback here that I wanted to get to is Deshaun Watson. Uh, as of now, the the word is the Texans could have him as a, a, a basically inactive every single week, a healthy scratch. You know, you can get away with that because you don't dress the entire 53-man roster that would pretty much be, it's not commissioner's exempt, but it's about as close to it as you get. Uh, the Texans saying, David Culley, in fact, saying they're day-to-day, so they don't even know where they stand with him. The trade talks are still there. The two teams that seem to have emerged as the the only teams in the mix now, Miami, and there's rumors that the owner wants him badly, and then Carolina, and there's been rumors forever that David Tepper wants to make a splash at quarterback I still don't know if anything gets done, but it does look like he's going to make the 53-man roster. As of right now, I'm not seeing anything that he's being cut, so they'll have a decision to make. Just because he's not traded now, we're not at the trade deadline, so he could still be traded next week. That could certainly happen. If you drafted him, hopefully it's only in a two-quarterback league. We're still playing a waiting game. He's not droppable right now because if he does play, you're going to be giving somebody else uh, a QB1 wherever he plays. And he's going to get right in, play. Very good football because he's good at football. It's just the off-field stuff that is not good in this situation. So that's uh, that's going to tie a bow on today, though. Wanted to update on Cam Newton. Tomorrow on the show, we will go through any of the other roster cutdowns. I'm still expecting maybe a surprise or two, but uh, we'll hit that up tomorrow as we head into the final weekend of fantasy football drafts. Remember, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, slide into those DMs. Man, I was on Instagram for like two hours answering your DMs last night. (laughs) I see you guys. FTNFantasy.com. Go check it out. Promo code RATPACK. Get you a discount. I like discounts. I'm cheap. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.